Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Ich wart seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hello and welcome to Gegenpressing, the German football podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, Bryce Dunn, and as always, we'll run through the Bundesliga results from the previous weekend. So, starting on the Friday night, we had Werner Bremen 4, Schalke 2, yes, adding to the misery of Schalke once again. Into Saturday, we have Freiburg 2, Hertha Berlin 1, RB Leipzig 0, Augsburg 0. We thought this game would be a little bit closer, unfortunately it wasn't. Bayern Munich 6, Wolfsburg 0, Borussia Dortmund 3. Back to winning ways, Stuttgart 1, Mainz 0, Borussia Mönchengladbach 1, Hoffenheim 2, Nuremberg 1, Hanover 2, Bayer Leverkusen 3, and then finally on Monday night, just to annoy everyone as always, Fortuna Dusseldorf 0, Eintracht Frankfurt 3. So yes, that does it for the weekend results. Joining me as always, but from Germany this time, no, not Manu Vett, but Chris Williams. Chris, how are you? <laughs> I'm very well, Bryce. Um, um, it might not be Manu who you're speaking to in Germany, but I'm in fact in Manu's house, so it's all a little bit strange. Yeah, what exactly is going on? Eh? It's it's all very different this week, but yeah, as we know, he's back in Canada after his time in Germany. Uh, Manu Vett also joins us. Yeah, it's all a bit topsy-turvy. Uh, Chris is recording this very podcast from the room I grew up in. I am indeed. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's, there's uh, some nice pictures of Manu with long hair, which I won't embarrass him and put online. <laughs> I can't wait to see those on Twitter tomorrow. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, please. Let's see those, eh? <laughs> I'm sure all the listeners would enjoy it as well. Anyway. I suppose we've got plenty of football to talk about, guys, and it is late on Monday night, so we should probably get cracking, really. So on Friday night, we've seen Werner Bremen at four, Schalke at two. Schalke's season just goes from bad to worse, doesn't it, Manu? But um, Tedesco seems to be keeping his job, well, for now, anyway. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, the decision was made after the game. So actually, it was already made before the game that um, the decision whether Tedesco can continue or not will not depend on the result, but rather by the way Schalke will conduct themselves on the pitch in terms of how are they going to play, the body language, um, the type of football they're going to play. And um, I guess the new sporting director, Jochen Schneider, saw enough in this performance to say, okay, look, we're going to keep working with Tedesco. Now, of course, um, this this... This means he will just get, you know, another two games, the city game, where I guess it, this is not going to be result based either. And then the way game on the weekend, next weekend to really determine his future. But for now, he's staying. And um, I think it's actually not a bad decision in, in this regard, because I thought that they actually played quite well against Werder Bremen. Um, Mbolo, Bril Mbolo coming back from yet another injury. Um, for the first time, I think, since he's joined Schalke, you could tell why they paid 30 million euros for him. I think he was excellent. And, you know, the, yes, they conceded four goals, but that fourth goal came in at a time when they were really pressing for the third goal to equalize the game. So this could actually have gone either way. And I think when you really look at this performance, I can see why the board decided, okay, look, this is a young coach. We want to give him a chance. 
let's keep working with him. At the same time, I mean, the relegation zone is now four points away. I think they were a little, really, little fortunate that um, Stuttgart dropped points um, this weekend because otherwise it, it would look very, very dangerous for them. But I mean, my my question mark is if they replay, if they get rid of Tedesco right now, who is really going to come in that can come in and fix the situation and make it better? Um, at the same time, I think. Tedesco will need results very quickly. Yeah, he certainly will. He's going to have to improve things uh, rather quickly. I mean, that four points is rather narrow down that end of the table, and they were helped out by the other two teams below them not picking up three points uh, at the weekend. Chris, what's your opinion on the whole Schalke uh, scenario? I mean, we've, we've kind of talked, haven't we, over the last few weeks or even longer now that you know, we're, we're a little bit surprised that Tedesco's been managing to keep his job, you know, after finishing second last year and, and now God, they're, they're right down the other end of the table. Yeah, I can understand why they might want to keep him because, as Manu said, who do they bring in? Um, but if if all you can say after being beaten 4-2 by Werder Bremen is you think the side have played a little better, oh, I don't really know if... If there's much future in it, I can't see them getting anything out of the City game. And then, well, after that, it's it's a 90-minute shootout, I think, for Domenico Tedesco. If if they don't get a good result in a good fashion, I do think he could go this weekend. Because although he's been backed, um, and he has been publicly backed, how long will that last for him? And Manu's quite right, he'll probably get two or three games. And yeah, I, I think a, a poor performance midweek, um, followed up by a similar performance um, on the weekend, w- would see him go. I mean, he did do quite well. He did shift his tactics, change the shape after 15 minutes, which allowed them to score a goal. So he has obviously got the you know the ability to coach, but it's just that they don't seem to be getting anything. And we're on about a side who finished second last year, who are now 14. Po- uh, sorry, who are now in 14th place. Um, on 23 points and 15th place, Augsburg are behind them on 22. It's, um, I mean, could they go from finishing second to finishing 15th? I mean, that would be terrible, I, I would think. And if that's if that's not a sign of someone about to lose their job, I don't really know what is. Yeah, facing Leipzig next weekend too. I mean, this is not exactly an easy task. I think the City game. You know, if they, if they get anything out of that, that will be close to a miracle. But then the Leipzig game and Leipzig, I mean, they have Leipzig have struggled to score themselves in, in the last few weeks, but they almost never get scored against either. So this is going to be a very, very tough task, um, for Tedesco. And I think they need to win that game because you, you look at the, the games that the other sides have. Stuttgart looked much improved this weekend than the weekend before that. And um, Augsburg play Hannover. You know, they, they, it is feasible that both sides can pick up three points. And if, like, if Schalke don't, then then they're really in relegation trouble. I mean, like really in relegation trouble. Then they're right in it. And um, I think that is something that this club at the moment can simply not afford. Well, Chris, so we'll go back to you on this one. I mean, obviously Manu touched a little bit on the midweek game against City. And yes, it's going to be very hard to go to the Etihad, you know, when uh, City have already scored three away goals, that, that first leg finishing 3-2. Um, do you think that there's, firstly, any way that they could possibly pull something off? It, I mean, for a little period, too, in the first leg, there seemed to be a bit more hope more hope than what we had anticipated. And I suppose secondly is, if they were to stay in the Champions League somehow, does that actually do Tedesco any favours? And does it do the players and the club any favours when it comes to the league? I can't see them getting anything positive out of this game. And I think it's because they've got uh, the two goals. Had it been 3-0, I think... Pep Guardiola may have been tempted to rest more players than he probably will. And let's not forget Manchester City can rest 11 players and still put out 11 players who can get to the final stages of the Champions League, such as their their squad and such as their ability. I think if, if it would have been a 3-0, then he would have been tempted to play maybe some of his younger players. But I just think that Manchester City will want to get the job done very quickly. 
so then he could then rotate and, and take valuable players off. So I wouldn't be surprised to see City run into a two or even a three nil um, lead by half time. And um, I think that would be a blessing in disguise for Schalke so they can just concentrate on this Bundesliga relegation fight they're in. If they were to get through to the next round, I, I think it's a distraction for them. Um, and I wouldn't normally say that about the Champions League, but you don't normally find teams playing in the Champions League fighting for relegation. So it's a bit of a strange one. Um, of course, it would be nice for the club because they're not going to get this next season. Um, and you may even argue the season after that. So take it for what it is. But I think maybe for, for long-term stability, they need to come out of that competition and, and solely concentrate on the Bundesliga because you're quite right. Not only do they have um, Leipzig, you know, they've got some really big games coming up. They've got, you're going to almost call it a six-pointer against Hanover on match day 27. Um, and then they play, um, they host Eintracht Frankfurt, who are doing so well. So there's there's three difficult games back-to-back if you include the Leipzig one. Um, I, I just worry for them that the Champions League would be a distraction. And if they were to somehow miracle get through against Manchester City, um, I think nine points in those three games would be a lot more benefit to Schalke as a club than the quarterfinal stages of the Champions League. Yeah, very true. You don't get a relegation battle while trying to play in the Champions League very often, do you? Uh, let's go into the Saturday games, guys. Let's uh, cut Schalke some slack, I think, for now. Um, and start talking off um, about Bayern. Obviously, a fantastic victory at home, 6-0 against Wolfsburg. But man, who caught quite the reaction to um, something regarding international football that seemed to, um, well, spark a bit of controversy and upset Bayern. What exactly happened there? Bit of controversy. Um, yeah, Joachim Löw, the Bundestrainer in person, um, has decided and publicly announced that he will no longer call up Mats Hummels, Jerome Boateng and Thomas Müller to the German national team. He's uh, effectively retired, the three of them. Earlier this week, um, this announcement was made right before the Wolfsburg game. He actually traveled to Munich. Um, apparently, the three were ushered back to back into the room and in a five-minute conversation, each were told that they no longer feature in his plans. And from what I hear... Um, Müller and Boateng just got up and walked out of the room. Hummels actually asked why. He wanted to know why, and he was given an explanation. We don't know exactly what that explanation was. Boateng right away took to social media and said, okay, he accepts that decision. He's upset about it, but he accepts it. Um, Müller went on social media the next day in a two-and-a-half-minute-long video and called the entire process uh, shameful. Um, he was upset about the decision and the finality of the decision. I think um, all three would have been okay with them not being caught up, but maybe getting a chance to play themselves back into the side. So that caused a lot of controversy. Um, the Bayern, the club as well, of course, they reacted. They said they didn't quite understand um, the, the process. They didn't think the process was fair. Um, they didn't think that Löw... Um, the timing was all right. Um, they pointed out this could have been done in November, right after the last national team game. And I, in fact, when Löw said that those three will be um, part of the rebuild of the German national team. So they, they're kind of wondering about um, the, the way all of this, this, this message was transported to the players. Um, I personally, this, this is my personally reaction to all of this because there's a lot of people online that have said, well, those three players need to be cut. There's a lot of people that said um, the national team needs a rebuild and said this in public, but then at the same time criticized the way this was done. I think Löw going there in person and talking to the players, what else do you expect? It wasn't a phone call. It wasn't just a public announcement. He went down there and told them in person. And for, for Bayern, and I know this is probably something that I know the club has to go and protect its players. I understand that. And I think they're quite right in doing this. But at the same time, when you look at Hummels and Boateng, those are two players, right, that have been criticized by the club and they've been rotated on, out and in and out of the squad anyways. They, two, the two of them might not even be in Bayern squad next year anymore because of 
uh, Pavard coming in and Lucas Hernandez likely coming in as well, right? So Bayern might actually do the exact same thing to those two players than Joachim Löw just did regarding the national team. So for me, it's like, I understand why Bayern put out this note, this note and saying, well, we didn't, don't like the way this was done because they have to protect their players. But at the same time, I, I'm really curious what you think about this, Chris, because for me, it's football and the German national team hasn't been playing well in two years. The only time they did play well was in the 2017 FIFA Confederations Cup, which they won. Neither of those players featured. We all said we want to have a major rebuild and as a coach, you have to make tough decisions that are no different than what a club coach has to make at times. And I'm, I, I actually think that Bayern will make the very same decision very soon as well. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. It is. It's it's a strange one because, I mean, if you look at Muller, he's only 29. So by the time the, the Euros come along, he could potentially have still played a part. Um, Boateng and Hummels are 30. So if we've got eyes on the next World Cup, I would I would argue that 34 is um, you know, 34, 33 is is too old to play World Cup football, especially in 40 degree heat in Qatar. Whether the stadiums are air conditioned or not, I think just the whole humidity and, and being there would be too much for a professional footballer in their um, early to mid thirties. But it, there is a lot of um, finality around it, isn't there? That, that's it. That they're cut and, and there's no way of, of coming back. And I mean, if Joachim Love was to undergo some sort of major injury crisis, how would he? go about drafting any one of those three players back in for any of the qualifying games at some point um, I just think maybe it is a little too early but I understand why he's done it but then I, I don't understand the timing because Bayern have got some big games um, I don't think it's been helped that um, Build also ran an exclusive and, and I believe they ran their exclusive um, online just as the third player was being told so Maybe Joachim Love's hands were tied a little bit, but then uh, why were the leaks coming out? Um, you know, before before the players had been told, it, it's a messy situation. I think if you're going to cut three players who've um, who've been as good as those three have for the German national side over the past, you know, many plentiful um, years with full of trophies as well and, and full of wonderful performances. So it is it's almost like ripping a sticking plaster off, isn't it? And, You've got to do it maybe in the quickest way, but I just think it's a strange time to do it with um, Bayern for the Bundesliga title and also going, well, going for the treble, really, aren't they? So um, I can understand why Bayern weren't particularly happy about it, but has it played into their hands because they've gone out and absolutely battered Wolfsburg um, in an act of defiance of Manu, you put that as your your headline title for the, for the match report now fully agree with it I suppose only time will tell but um, whilst I can see why it's been done um, and it needed to be done I'm just unsure about the timing yeah I, I think I think that is maybe the only thing that maybe he had to do it that way because it was going to get leaked um, you know personal discussions with the president of the DFB the very controversial Grindel who um who issued statements and maybe that was something going on in the background. I, I, I can understand, I, again, I can understand what Bayern are defensive about it. Um, I just think that players get cut in football all the time. It's just, it's unfortunately how the sport works. And sometimes the human aspect of it is very cold. Um, and in this regard, it was. And I, maybe I do to some degree actually agree with you, Chris, that I, I wouldn't have maybe made it this final. I would have said, okay, look, I'm not going to call you up. Um, I'm going to play other players, young players. I'm going to give them a chance. 
Uh, I thank you for all the services, but I would have left myself a back door open because you never know. What if Thomas Müller all of a sudden now for the rest of the season shoots the lights out like he did in, in, in this game against Wolfsburg? He was excellent. Um, do you really want to shut that door? I'm not sure, but at the same time, Müller hasn't really performed for the national team since the European, like even in the Euros in 2016. Um, since that tournament, he's only scored four goals for Germany. So uh, it's it's such a tough one. It's you can really argue it one way or the or the other. Uh, Manu, j- just quickly um, before we pass uh, over on the the subject, um, what's the reaction been like in Germany? What 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 are the German fans? think of this decision they think yeah it's about time or they think that these players still have more to offer i think there's been a bit of everything i think there's been understanding there's been people that saying well this has been overdue um there's also been saying a lot of people saying the the way it was done was too harsh the finality of it not correct Louis was both praised for going there in person to tell them, but also criticized for it. I think people are very much on the fence. And I, I, I think that reflects the, the mood in general. I think this, this national team needs change, Bryce. I, I, I actually think that when you look at the way he's changing this team, Thomas Müller's position, for example, doesn't exist anymore in the new 343 system. Where, where are you going to put him? I mean, this, this is, this is the problem. I mean, they're no longer going to play possession football and they're no longer going to need a false number nine. The entire setup is changing. So I think that is a big issue. We saw it against the Netherlands in the last national team game, um, where they, where they played very well until Müller came on and the, the entire, the entire game and everything changed. And I don't want to blame Müller for not winning that game, but at the same time, it's just, it's, it just wasn't a good fit. So. If he's going forward with this, and I think this is where a lot of people are saying, a lot of people are saying, like, look, Germany needs to change, but at the same time, the way it was done was not quite the right hundred percent way to do it. Yeah, so the controversy continues. But Chris, I want to then go to you and ask you. Um, obviously, this was quite the victory for Bayern six nil. I mean, a lot of us predicted that that would be somewhat closer. Um, Bayern really are on a roll in the league at the moment. And was this result coming definitely a reaction from the Bayern players to get such a victory? I think it's a bit of both, really, because um, Bayern, well, the Bayern players and, and they're a close knit squad will have wanted to will have wanted to back their own um, their own teammates and send a message out to Joachim Löw, and I think they did that, but. On the second notion, they also knew that a, a heavy win or a big victory would take them to the top of the table on goal difference. And I think they knew that anyway. And there was um, there was even mention of that on the last game. I can't quite remember who said it, but one of the players spoke in the mix zone and, and spoke about how now the, um, the, the title was almost falling into their own hands. They knew what they needed to do, which was go out and, and win. Um, and match Dortmund for point-wise, but score more goals than them. And that's pretty much what they did this weekend. Um, I don't think anybody expected six, did they? I thought maybe it would have been three, possibly four. But yeah, six is a, is a real statement and, and a big statement, not just to Borussia Dortmund, but to also Liverpool who are travelling there this week. Yeah, Bryce, I, I got to cover this game and boy, they were good. I mean, they were really, really good. It was almost an old school performance in, in the way that they could just, they, they, they were able to really stamp their authority on this match in a way that I have not seen really in a couple of years. And, um, yes, it was Wolfsburg, a side that they really like to play against, but I mean, six nil. Wolfsburg have, are playing a good season. They, they're not the Wolfsburg of last year or the year before. They're actually playing a very good season. And that is emphatic. I mean, this is, this is an impressive result. And, um, one of, when I did the Bayern Liverpool preview for Fußballstadt, um, they have now scored 18 to four goals in the last five games. You know, they, they put five past Gladbach last week. I mean, they are on, on a roll. They are almost like the old school Bayern side. And I think the most impressive thing for me is that how Kovac went from this person that was, that, that seemed to be, on his way out to the guy who basically 
put his authority on this dressing room that's not an easy dressing room to handle. And with these results that he has right now, I mean, look, we're talking about Bayern possibly winning the treble. I know that that dream could go out of the window on Wednesday night. That's a real possibility. But we're talking about it again. Um, and about two months ago, in the beginning of February, we, that would have been a joke, right? But the, the last five games, they have been the Bayern of all. They're very, very impressive. And when I look at their schedule, I, I don't really see where where they could stumble. Um, before match day 32, even the game against Dortmund, if Dortmund, the, the way Dortmund are playing, I think right now Bayern will absolutely smash them too. Yeah, they they really are on a roll, aren't they? And credit to Kovac, I, I think he's he's done a hell of a job. At, and absolutely true. At one point, it looked like he was a goner. But uh, Chris, then to talk about the Wednesday night game, um, how do you see that one going exactly? I mean, both teams. You know, are you know up the top end of their tables? You know, with a title challenge uh, online, um, do you see that affecting either sides, or both sides will still be out? You know, full guns blazing. You know, to to challenge on on every front. Yeah, I think you've got two teams here who will look at the Champions League as a competition that they can now win. Um, especially if you look who went out um, last week. I think both these sides now will fancy their chances of going all the way. Um, I spoke to a couple of um, English sites this week um, and said that I feel that the winner of the competition comes from this week of the Champions League. Um, and that's no disrespect to anybody that played last week, which includes um, Ajax and Tottenham Hotspur. But I do think that the eventual champion comes from this side of the draw that we're going to see this week. Um, and Bayern and Liverpool have got a really good chance. I mean, Bayern have fallen um, at the latter stages to Real Madrid quite a few times recently. Liverpool were obviously beaten by Real Madrid last season. Um, Real Madrid are obviously out. So both these sides will think they can win it. And both the sides are obviously still going for their own respective domestic titles. So yeah, I don't. I, I now at the moment don't see um, either of these two sides thinking, I think we'll just concentrate on the league. Um, I'm hoping we'll get a very open game um, and a very high scoring game and, you know, one that we all like to watch the Champions League for a reason. And let's hope it's that. Um, you know, it could be 2 2, could be 3 2, could be 2 3, could be anything. Um, I'm just hoping for a really, um, interesting match to watch on Wednesday night. Obviously, I'm over here in Munich. Um, hoping that the weather turns a little bit better. Maybe not as cold. It's very cold here. So if we do have any fans from England um, or fans from across the world that are coming over, make sure you bring a hat, some gloves and some thermal underwear. Uh, yes, indeed. Yeah, I was in Liverpool at the weekend. and Chris, it was cold there, but I still have a feeling it's nothing like it's going to be in Munich. Um, let's uh, move on then and talk about Dortmund. Uh, Dortmund played uh, Stuttgart. The weekend they did take the lead from a, a penalty in the second half, and then it looked like things were going to pan out a little bit like they have too often recently. With Stuttgart getting an equaliser on the 71st minute, but then on came Christian Pulisic um, to assist and to score, and they got a, a hard-fought battle at three-one. Um, Manu, it, it's obviously great for Dortmund to be back in winning ways, and you know, to have to battle it out. You know, that that can be a good thing. Four players mentally, I believe. But if you look at the table, it, it's it's now quite difficult for them maybe to accept that Bayern, with that massive victory, have um, have crawled just above them. Yeah, or maybe it's a relief, you know, to no longer be the team uh, hunted that you can now go and switch over to being the team hunting. That that can be beneficial, and I think the reactions by um, different players after the Stuttgart match was quite telling. Uh, Brun Larsen, for example, saying we were in first for so long, now we want to win the championship. Um, and you heard that from quite a few players that they, they now want to actually win the title. And I think maybe don't want to talk, go into the psychological aspects of the game too much, but you know, um, that that lead has been shrinking and shrinking and shrinking ever since February 2nd and um, with Bayern now overtaking them and then finally winning a game against one of those bottom sides. Maybe the monkey's a little bit off the back and they now got a week off. Um, then they got a game 
was um, this weekend um, a winnable game on the road this the Saturday, the top spiel against Hertha. Not an easy game, but a winnable game. And um, then they got an international break, right? To just sort themselves out. And, and for Favre, to, Favre needs, is a coach who needs time to work and just work on those things. Maybe the international break could actually kind of favor them because it would, could take, and this all will depend on what Bayern will do on Wednesday. I think for Bayern, the game on Wednesday is season-defining. If they go through against Liverpool, I think they're going to win the title in the Bundesliga as well. No way they will not win the title because they're not going to lose another game this season in any competition. I know this is, this is a big, big prediction, but I'm going with it. But if Bayern lose that game, it could kind of be like the deflating moment, right? Um, it could be really deflating for them. And then they have that game and then they have an international break and a bunch of players are no longer called up for the Germany squad. And all of a sudden they get to go think about that and, um, I think that that's going to be an interesting aspect. So I think for Dortmund, maybe this could be a monkey off the back kind of moment. It's like, okay, for well, you know, Bayern have caught up to us. Um, this is it. Let's just go and focus on winning games again. Um, let's not try to focus on keeping the gap open. Let's just try to focus on winning games again, work on the pitch, play good football. And I think they showed some of that even on that Saturday game against Stuttgart. What about you, Chris? Do you agree with uh, Manu that this is possibly a good thing for the players mentally to now not be leading the pack? You know, it, it might kick them into life again, uh, give them a bit of urgency. And then I suppose going on also to ask them, do you see them in a few match days' time being able to take it to Bayern and beat them? Because from what we're looking at at the moment, it just looks like Bayern may actually not lose again this season. I think I'll reserve judgment on that until I've seen them play Hertha Berlin away because whilst this was a good win and um, a much-needed win, I think the um, equaliser by Kempf, especially from you know from the header from the aerial ball, showed that Dortmund are still a little weak um, and weaknesses like that can be exploited in a title run-in. Now, uh, I, I do agree that... Um, this particular Dortmund squad, it might be better for them to play catch-up almost, and, and they may feel a little bit more comfortable doing that because, I mean, very old f- famous phrase in football is, you know, it's quite easy to get to the top, it's staying there. Um, that, that's when you encounter a problem, and, you know, Bayern have been at the very top for the last six seasons, and maybe Dortmund are just not used to that, and, and it's been strange for this group of players to have to to deal with the intensity and the pressure of that and, and maybe they are more suited for catching Dortmund and, and I think we'll see now over the game against Hertha and then how they come back from the international break you would hope for Dortmund's sake that they don't get any um, niggles or injuries during that international break um, and then of course we're we're heading on to the, the time where the two sides are going to meet in the Allianz which I think will be a title decider whoever wins that I think could go on and win the league. Um, but yeah, I do agree with Manu. This week is, is a very big week for Bayern because if they do crash out of the Champions League, um, then I think some of the negativity that we saw around Kovac, um, from, not from within the squad themselves, but I mean, from some of the media around him, maybe from some of the fans questioning and how do they respond to that? And they've only then got one match themselves before they go into a break and, you wouldn't want to go into that break with a defeat and negativity around them. I mean, if we think back to the last international break, I think we thought, would well, Niko Kovac survive it? Um, and, and look where he is now. So, yeah, I think the next three to four weeks are crucial for the whole of this competition for the Bundesliga. And it's going to be very interesting as a neutral to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be very entertaining, isn't it? And you're just even looking at the table at the moment and seeing two teams at the top on the same points is, is it's just great entertainment for it. It's, it makes for a change, doesn't it? And yes, so that midweek game is going to be just as exciting. Um, let's go on to the Sunday games, guys, and talk about something you don't see very often in in football. But it's it, it's a hard pill to swallow when it does happen. And this is not Bayer Leverkusen winning. That's not what I'm referring to. But they they did win three two against uh, Hanover, but um, th- there was an awful lot of slow snow. I mean, the-, the pitch was, you know, absolutely caked and stuff. 
and the, there was a ball being passed through to an open goal by Haraguchi and it stopped one foot short of the line. And and with the game being 3-2, you really got to feel hard done by, don't you, for uh, for Hanover in this um, in this scenario, Manu? Yeah, you know, we've been playing that Simon and Garfunkel song a lot. I think this would have been the perfect moment to actually use it. Um, make, <laughs> make, make that black and white and see the ball roll towards the goal line. Haraguchi already running off, celebrating. <laughs> and then it stops on the line because of the snow um, while Hannover battling against relegation in a game that, you know, when you look at the table now, um, that's it. That's it. That was the final chance. It's it's heart wrenching. Um, DW uh, Deutsche Welle put up a good video on this and um, <laughs> showed it to showed it to my wife Becky today, and uh, she said like she doesn't want to see this. This is depressing. <laughs> so even non football fans find this depressing. Um, it's yeah. I I I I watched this and I just thought, wow, this is this is just when you're already down the bottom. It, it can't get any worse. But I think at the same time, you have to remember these, while these moments um, are the moments that stick in our minds, um, we're talking about a Bundesliga side here that in 25 games has collected 14 points. Um, yes, Haraguchi could have scored. They could have maybe gotten a point and there would have been 15 points of 12 out of 25 games. That's not good enough. That's not good enough to play in this league. And I think when you look at the way this Hannover side was put together, and this is an Hannover side that already in the Rückrunde of last season struggled. I think they only got 10 points out of 17 games. Um, you know, the trend was already there, that they were not strong enough to play in this league already before the season started. And they didn't do enough to battle that trend. I mean, I think for me, they, they are typical Bundesliga 2 side. Uh, in the way the squad is put together, not as a city and not as a club, but in the way the city, the, the the squad is put together, and I think that's that's just telling. I mean, yes, it's heart wrenching and sad and all that to show this video in slow motion and focus in on the on Thomas Doll's uh, depressed face and all that. But I mean, the reality is um, this goal. Was is not going to be the moment where Hannover was relegated. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right, isn't it? You do remember these moments, but you don't. Well, you you seem to forget the moments that they were so bad, you know, this season. And just you know, real question of quality. Um, Chris, if if we just talk about them for one final second, um, they play Augsburg coming up uh, in the next uh, match day. Uh, will they see this as a possibility to? to get points and, and drag somebody else down into an, a similar scenario as them, or as Manu, right, it's it's probably a little too late now. I think it's probably too late, and, and all that, that result would have done the weekend is made a sickening season a little bit more sicker for them. Um, whilst I do have some um, sympathy for Haraguchi, it, it's not like it just started snowing the moment when he took that shot. Um, I think all players know that the ball affects, uh, or snow affects the roll of the ball. Just kick it a bit harder and, and it goes in. I think um, had it been a muddy pitch, he probably would have kicked it a bit harder because he would have known about it. But um, it was a close game, wasn't it? I probably think that's down to the snow rather than um, by Leverkusen's inability to deal with Hanover. Um, and yeah, Manu and yourself are quite right. They've been dreadful all season and, and that's what they'll go down on. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that all that, all the Sunday's match will have done it is made it an awful season worse for them. And they, that goal not going in is pretty much the, the kick in the balls that will, will send them down. And unfortunate it is, but yeah, that's football. Yeah, very unfortunate. But I suppose let's speak about Bayer Leverkusen, um, a little bit. Manu, I'm sure you're very happy that they seem to have turned things around this season, but maybe a little bit too late for a title challenge, but but they may be challenging for a top four place uh, at the moment. You're with this victory as well. They play Werner Bremen next week. Um, obviously a very tough opponent to come up against, but yet the things are still looking good for them. They're, they're on quite a run, aren't they? As, as far as I'm aware, they've picked up more points than anybody else apart from Bayern in 2019. 
Yeah, you should have hired Peter Bosch um, right in the beginning of the season. Maybe, maybe my uh, prediction ahead of the season would look a little better. Yeah, no, I think that Leverkusen are the the side to watch in in this part of the season, and I think if there wasn't um, an Eintracht Frankfurt side right ahead of them, um, we're going to get to talk about in a moment, their prospects to get into the Champions League would be quite good. Um, I think. I think the right now um, the four points doesn't seem like a lot, but the fact that um, you know I think there's only one Champions League spot to be had. I think that Leipzig are going to nail down that third spot, and I think that Gladbach are the side most likely as to fall out of that out of the race. Yes, they did beat Mainz um, to finally turn the tide, but I mean they have not been very good in the last few weeks, and for me they're the side that will fall out of there. So that's one Champions League spot open, but. I think that when you when you look at this this um, the side that is right in front of them in Frankfurt, um, where we get to talk about in a moment, I'm going to really enjoy talking about them because they're one of the most fun sides to watch in in Germany at the moment. I I just think it's going to be a little tough to to match that pace. Um, maybe the one one bonus that Leverkusen have is that they're no longer in Europe and I, I think there's a good chance that Frankfurt will, will go very deep in Europe as well. Yeah, that may work to their benefit mightn't it at Leverkusen but you're you're absolutely right. Let's talk about the Monday night game then and about Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, so yes, none of us uh, enjoy a Monday night game hence we're potting rather late and the fans are probably still trying to get home from this one but um, it did go ahead. It was 3-0 in the end. It was a close affair, wasn't it, Chris? Um, we see two goals from Sebastian Haller right at the end as he came off the bench. Um, a game that maybe you would have suspected, even though both teams were in decent form, that Eintracht would probably win. It was um, somewhat closer than that. Yeah, it was. It was a lot closer. And um, Fortuna had a goal chalked off early on, um, through offside, correctly chalked off. Um, then they had a penalty initially given, which was then rescinded by the referee after VAR, which um, I think was once again was the right decision on, on looking at it um, a number of times. Um, so they had their chances, um, but Eintracht Frankfurt are doing what Eintracht Frankfurt do at the moment, which is just putting in a professional display. And when it was 1-0, um, I messaged um, the pair of you and said that, I think Fortuna deserves to get something out of this, and and the next thing it's it's three nil, and you know that changed in a matter of moments. I, I just done the full time image. Um, Matthew Marshall was there uh, at the Mekaspiel Arena for, for for sports start this evening. His talking points will be up soon, and I just done the final image, which was one nil, and that was I think it was eighty four, eighty five minutes gone, um, but two very late goals made it three nil, and. and that's just what Frankfurt are at the moment. They're very professional. And I think they knew that um, a victory would take them back above um, Bayer Leverkusen in that hunt um, for the, what is the, the only available open Champions League spot, I think. And Manny's quite right with, with, Glad, um, with Gladbach. Uh, I think that's maybe what propelled Frankfurt on because how important could those two extra goals be um, in added time come the end of the season? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm glad you... I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because sorry, Bryce, for interrupting, because I think you're 100% right. Um, that goal differential is almost an extra point, isn't it? Because we started last year with Dortmund and Leverkusen. Remember, Dortmund only made that fourth spot because of the goal differential on the final day of the season. Um, Stöger Ball, we all remember Stöger Ball. Um, Dortmund were horrendous at times. And it was literally only thanks to, I think it was one goal. Right. Remember, we were both standing in the Olympia Stadium. We were watching the results, and it was one goal that made the difference in the end of the day. Yeah, it was. And if if you look around the the table, Frankfurt have got excellent. They've got a, um, a plus twenty. Leverkusen have got a plus nine, and Gladbach have got a plus fourteen. So it might well come down um, to to that if both teams are locked on the same points, Frankfurt and Gladbach at the end of the season, then getting those extra goals in added time and Frankfurt do score a lot of late goals um, and if it gets them a Champions League spot it'll be everything will have been worth it. Well that's exactly it. It's, it's going to be a close old battle for 
fourth place as we see RB Leipzig 46 points, Gladbach 46 points, Eintracht Frankfurt 43 and Leverkusen on 42. It, it's going to go to the wire this one, I feel, you know, with only two positions up for grabs out of those four. Um, Manu, we, we've seen uh, Eintracht play um, midweek, well, Thursday night, um, against Inter. Um, Nil-nil. Um, what, what, what was your thoughts on this? Is, is this a positive result for Eintracht? Do, do you fancy them to progress um, after the second leg? Well, we did this. Um, we had the same discussion after the Liverpool Bayern game, right? That the, the the team that manages zero zero draw. I didn't know this before this game, by the way. The team that manages a zero zero draw on the road um, actually has a sixty five point what was sixty five point four six percent chance of advancing uh, historically and historic by based on historic results in European competitions. I didn't notice. I, I always thought that getting a 0-0 zero, zero at home actually puts you an advantage because it means you can draw 1-1-2-2-3-3-4-4, etc. on the road and still advance, right? And I think that, I think having watched Frankfurt a few times this season, having covered their game against Shakhtar Donetsk in the previous round, I think that they're always good for a goal. I think that although the odds are kind of slightly against them based on historic results, they will have 13,500 Eintracht Frankfurt fans in Milan. I mean, that number, let, let that sink in for a moment. They have 13,500 fans on the road to Italy. This is the, it will be a home game for them and, uh, in, in, in Italy for them because the, the, the Eintracht fans, they're going to take over that stadium. They're going to make the stadium theirs. They're going to have that 100%, um, support and, on top of that, they played against Fortuna Düsseldorf with a rotated side. Now, you know, they didn't have, um, Sebastian Haller came on late because Paciencia, this, the striker they would have bought in the, in the summer from Porto, he missed off this most of the season injured. And Freddy Bobic looks like he found another gem because this guy has scored two goals in for him four games. And when you go by minutes, it's even better because he's only played about a hundred minutes, right? Um, he's, he seems like another very good addition in attack, um, a very good, strong, tall, athletic striker who can make a difference. And all of a sudden, they have that option on top of what they already have. I can see them getting a result in Italy and advance. And that's all they need. At the moment, they just need a result. And I think they're going, they, they're going to get it and they're going to get to the uh, quarterfinals of the Europa League. And once you're in the quarterfinals, then there's eight teams left. And I think everything is possible. Yeah, absolutely. That that was going to be then my question to Chris. I mean, does he fancy them on on Thursday night to to do the job over Inter? And then, I mean, what should we start to believe if they do that they can go on and win this competition? Yeah, we've said for the last few weeks that this Eintracht Frankfurt side have, have, have built and have got the squad to to win. Um, over two legs against good sides, um, maybe sides you would think that they may struggle against or maybe two equally balanced. Um, and then, you know, the Europa League finals are one-off game in Baku. Um, and, and that is anybody's game on, on that particular night. Um, but yeah, Manu's right. They're going to take a lot of fans with them. And to be honest, um, they're going to take a, 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 a Europa League final allocation size crowd with them because UEFA moved some some years ago to hold the Europa League in, in smaller stadiums. I went to the um, Liverpool Sevilla game in Basel, which you know doesn't hold that many, and um, the allocation for Sevilla fans was a lot less than than what um, Eintracht Frankfurt will take to Milan um, this coming week. So yeah, they're going to be backed one hundred percent, and yeah, I'm I'm a little bit like Manu. I, I sometimes think that if you have a nil-nil and you go away, um, then obviously the the favourite would then be with the hosts who are playing at home in the second leg in their stadium. Um, but that away side only needs a goal, so it's going to be um, it, 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 that's going to be a very tight match and one that I will be rushing to make sure I'm back in England to watch. I um, leave here Thursday Thursday afternoon, so I should be back in time to watch that match because I think it's going to be excellent and. Yeah, if they get through, why can't they go on and win it? Because they've got just as much chance as anybody else, because look at the way they're playing. Yeah, absolutely. They've always got the firepower, don't they, to score. So a goal in Italy, well, you never know, eh? Uh, let's see how that all works out. Um, plenty of European 
action this week with German sides in it um, to keep you entertained. But and, and that more or less does it for the Bundesliga coverage as well. But we're going to drop down for a moment. And Manu, you, you wanted to talk about a particular derby. Yeah, the, the Hamburg Stadt derby. Um, it's actually, we don't do this. We used to do the Bundesliga too all the time. Unfortunately, time restrictions don't allow to do it as often as we want to, but there was a, there was a big game in Bundesliga too. And the Hamburg Stadt derby. This is, of course, only the second time in history this happened in the second division. Yeah, joke is on Hamburg. They have, they, they got relegated last year for the first time in history. And, um, unfortunately for St. Pauli, didn't quite work out the way I think they hoped it would at home at the Milan tour. The, the return was 0-0. This one on, on Sunday, 4-0 for Hamburg. Um, Hamburger SV. What a result for them because that puts them fit on 50 points, um, seven point clear because this was actually a promotion match as well, Bryce. This was a match that wasn't just, there wasn't just honor on the line. It wasn't just a city derby. It wasn't just, Hamburg, the, the team of the rich, of the city, of the, you know, in the Volksparkstadion against this underdog from the Milan Tour, from the, the red light district of St. Pauli, this punk team from St. Pauli. Um, this was actually a game for promotion and Hamburg now are seven points clear of St. Pauli of that fourth place spot. Um, of course, they're still only three points clear of Union Berlin. Um, another team that, you know, we actually kind of hope, I, I hope that maybe goes up because we love city derbies. There's not enough of them in the Bundesliga. But yeah, I mean, um, I think there was a lot of attention on this game. And I think when you look at the, the final result and, um, St. Pauli fans, and there's a lot of them worldwide will be very disappointed with this, but it does look like Hamburg are on their way back to the Bundesliga. It sure does, and Cologne, which will keep me rather happy as well. It'd be good to see them back in the Bundesliga. But, Manu, this wasn't the only derby that you wanted to mention. A certain uh, derby in Munich as well. Yeah, I'm I'm very sad. Um, I I went to the return match of this game, the uh, so-called called S-Bahn derby. And it's called the S-Bahn derby because um, Giesing, where 1860 play, and Unterhaching, where of course Unterhaching play in, in the suburb of Munich, is only one S-Bahn stop apart. So, um, I would, for, for, the, for those who don't know what the S-Bahn is, it's the equivalent of the overground in London, Bryce. Um, you know, it's like the suburban train system in Munich that we have. We have an underground, we have a suburban train system in Munich. So, for those who don't know what an S-Bahn is, that's what it is. Um, so it's a suburban train derby. Um, of course, it's it's not as big as the Münchner Derby, which is the derby between 1860 and Bayern, similar to the Stadt Derby, of course, in Hamburg. We haven't had that game in a while, and unfortunately, the two teams are separated by two divisions. But it's still um, a game that, interestingly enough, 1860 fans take very serious. And I'm saying 1860 fans because there isn't that many Unterhaching fans. And I'm, you know, maybe saying that because I'm an 1860 fan. But this is a big game on the weekend. And um, Chris, I'm absolutely super jealous that you get to go because um, you are in for a treat on Tuesday night. And then you're in for another treat on Wednesday night. And you get to go to the Grünwalder Stadium, which is the historic stadium. This, this used to be the home for both 1860 and Bayern, a stadium that was built in 1912. Still looks the same way. There's now talk and uh, potential plans to renovate and refurbish the stadium so that 1860 can play there permanently right downtown, downtown where the club is at home. But yeah, you get to see a very old school ground. Um, I hope you are dressed very warm because Grünwalder is also built on a hill, the Giesinger Berg, as they call it, and um, the wind can just blow right in. Um, but I think you, I think you're going to be in for a treat, nonetheless. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, it, is it the biggest biggest match in Munich this week? I think it, it could well be because um, both sets of supporters are from from Munich, aren't they? Bayern, a, a little like Liverpool, they drag their supporters from all over Germany and all over the world. So. Um, as far as Munich residents go, this will probably be the biggest match this week, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm almost as excited uh, for this match as I am for the game on Wednesday because I do like a derby match, and um, you know we've both been, you've been many times, um, but Bryce and I, we've both been to lower league matches in Germany, and the atmosphere is 
is better than the Bundesliga and, and that might be hard to fathom for some of our listeners who will only get to watch the Bundesliga and will get to hear the tremendous atmospheres that go you know, through the speakers from wherever they are in the world. But Bundesliga 2 has got some excellent atmosphere um, and Dry League has got excellent atmosphere and I, I can't wait for this. This is going to be a real treat for me um, and, and maybe the best warm-up match I could have asked for for Wednesday night's Champions League clash. Yeah, the timing is, is actually amazing when you think about it, to have this on Tuesday and then the, the game um, on the outskirts of Munich against Liverpool, between Bayern and Liverpool. I, I think timing-wise, for anyone who's traveling, um, I don't want to give people who don't have a ticket yet for this S-Bahn derby too much hope to get a ticket because 1860 tickets are very, very difficult to get. It's a very small stadium, and even though they play only in the third division, they sell out every single game. Um, but maybe if you really want to try your luck around the stadium, maybe there is someone who can sell it to you. But um, I warn you, last year when they played in the promotion playoffs against Saarbrücken, tickets went on the black market for 2,500 euros. Oh, wow. Jeez. I, I'm going to be honest, I'm not that surprised, though, with the support that they do have in Munich. And yeah, I think uh, the both of us will be very jealous of Chris, but certainly wrap up warm uh, guys um that almost does it for this week but Manu, we're going to go back to you and, and obviously go to team of the week so um do you want to rhyme off your team of the week then we'll go to chris yeah we've actually um sort of because we with all the topics that we have we're a little bit short on time this week bryce so chris and i we cheated and we agreed on a team of the week ahead of time um so the team of the week that we decided on um was kobe and goal again Excellent from the young Swiss keeper in the Augsburg goal. Um, you know, the, he's been very good for a couple of weeks now. Then defense Halstenberg. Leipzig have some problems attack, but they have no problems in defense and Halstenberg was excellent once again. Then, uh, Tar and Avidi. Um, Tar, he, he will be happy that decision of Hummels and Boateng no longer in the national team. I think he will be a candidate to, um, to make the squad, um, for the next, for the upcoming World Cup, uh, for the European qualifiers. Um, in midfield, we had Kruse. Um, I guess he is kind of a midfielder, attacking midfielder. It's, it's always kind of hard to sometimes place these players, so let's, let's put him in, in midfield. Thiago, once again, excellent. Um, one to look out for, for the Bayern fixture. Pulisic, um, we haven't talked about him in a while, but he was, he came on and he secured that victory for Dortmund. So very good weekend for, weekend for him. Um, he makes the team of the week. Kimmich, Excellent. He will not play against Liverpool. Liverpool fans will be happy to hear that. He is banned after receiving um, a, a second yellow card. Then in front, Haller, he came on, scored two goals. I mean, um, hard to argue against that. Lewandowski, yeah, he got a good warm-up round um, in the match against Wolfsburg. He lost scoring against Wolfsburg. He scores lots of goals against Wolfsburg. Did it once again. I think, look out for him. He, I, I mentioned him in the um, preview for the Liverpool game because... Although he gets a lot of goals, he is being criticized for not getting goals against big sides. So he's one to watch in general. And Paciencia, um, he got the opener. I love a good header. Got that, got that header to open the scoring against Fortuna Düsseldorf. And I think overall he's been excellent. So that's our team of the week. Kobel, Halsenberg, Tar, Elvedi, Kruse, Thiago, Polisic, Kimmich, Haller, Lewandowski, Paciencia. Fantastic. And yeah, I think that's fair enough that you come together to pick a team like that and also equally enjoy just as much that Sebastian Haller only needed 24 minutes to be part of the team of the week. Fantastic stuff. Guys, I think that more or less does it. It's late on a Monday night. Um, these Monday night games get us all, don't they? So I think we'll wrap it up there because we've covered just about everything. So you're going to have plenty of uh, football um, reports, previews, uh, and so much more articles as well on the Football Grad uh, Network. Um, just head over to Twitter at Football Grad Live for enough football articles to fill your boots. Um, we'd just like to say uh, thank you very much for tuning in. As always, enjoy the European Games midweek, and then we'll be back before you even know it uh, with another uh, Bundesliga covering a podcast. I've been your host, Bryce Dunn. You can find me on Twitter at BryceDunn11. And until then, I'll be then. Ich war seit Wochen 
auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.